I came across this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter four, and we're talking about never forget today. We don't ever want to forget. And this scripture says, just be careful and watch yourselves closely. Why? Why should we be careful and watch ourselves closely? So that you don't forget. So that you don't forget. Don't forget what? That you don't forget what your eyes have seen. That you don't forget what, you, what you've experienced in this, in this last year. What you've experienced in this life and how God has made an impact in your life. So you don't forget those things. And, and don't let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Keep them close. And he goes on to even say, Teach them to your kids. Tell your kids what God's done in your life. Tell your kids how he's made a difference in you. But go beyond that. Get your grandkids on your knee and say, let me tell you about what a difference God made in my life. Amen? So we don't ever want to forget. Now, in fact, I want to I do something a little bit different today. I want to share a long version of the story of how City Hope Church came to be. And you've probably never heard this story, but I want to just, I feel like maybe it's going be, to become a tradition where we just share, uh, look back and, and, and say, look what God did. But the first time that I ever thought about planting a church was 12 years ago, a long time ago, 12 years ago, we were on staff at a church called Daystar Church in Alabama, a little small town called Coleman, Alabama. And uh, I'd never heard of church planting before. I didn't know what a church planter was. I didn't, I didn't know about anything like that. But one of, our, one of our team members, his name was Greg, he was um, being sent from our church to another city about an hour and a half away to start a church. And I remember us having a conversation out in the parking lot one day where he just kind of flippantly said, maybe Daystar will send you to start a church one day. Like I said, I had no idea what church planning was, but when he said that, something stuck in me. It was like God planted a seed. It was like, I don't know what that is, but I think I'd like to do that one day. I, I don't know. And, and something stirred up inside of me. And so I, we weren't ready. God knows we weren't ready 12 years ago to start a church. So we just took that little seed of a dream away in our hearts. And we thought maybe one day God will let this dream come to pass. We fast forward four years to 2012. We had been on staff at the church for, for a good bit, almost 10 years at that point, about nine, 10 years. And, and I, I took a sabbatical in the summer. At, at that church, uh, the pastors, after about seven or eight years, they would just take a, a break and just prayer retreat and just really get close to God and hear what he was saying. Well, I did a prayer retreat at a monastery called St. Bernard, okay, if you saw the name, you would say St. Bernard, but people in Coleman say St. Bernard, and that's just the way it goes. So I was at, at uh, St. Bernard Abbey on this prayer retreat, and I took a few books along with me, and one of the books that I brought was called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, and I just began to read that book, and God just started stirring up some things inside of me, and and it was in that monastery, on that retreat, that I wrote out, I verbalized or, or I articulated for the very first time on paper my desire to start a church. And I brought, I brought a picture of that journal with me today. And in that, in that abbey, in that monastery, I, I wrote this on July 17, 2012. I said, I need to claim God's promises for my life, my wife, my family, 
my ministry, my dreams, my desires. Current dream, to one day be a church planter who's passionate about souls. I want the church to be a life-giving source in a community that doesn't have anything like it. I'm scared of it. Honestly, I've been fighting the fear of failure for too long. But God's grace is enough. I wrote that out. And I want you to remember those words, I'm scared of it. Because I was scared of it. How do I do that? What do I do? I don't know what to do. And, and, and so that was a moment. That was a defining moment for me. I, I went from that prayer retreat with a, with a mission. Like I knew what God was calling us to do. I had this fresh vision for my life and our life as a family. And I went to my senior pastor. And can I just tell you that not everybody is as blessed as we were to have a pastor like we had. Because... Um, there are many pastors who will go talk to their senior pastor about a desire in their heart to do something like this. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you that they're fired on the spot. Because if you don't want to be here, we don't need you. My pastor didn't do that. He said, well, let's, let's, let's see how we can make this happen. And we just began to talk and pray. And we came to agreement that our next step in 2012 was to begin preparing to start a satellite campus for that church. And in 2014, we moved our family from Little Coleman up to a suburb of Huntsville, Alabama, and we got ready to start a campus for our church. And the town's called Madison, Alabama. And and it was just a a great season in our lives. We loved that season. And in January 25th, five years ago yesterday, we started a church in Madison, Alabama. And man, God just did some great things there. We met some incredible people But within two years, we were in one of the most miserable times of our lives. And I'm not saying that something was wrong with the church. I'm not saying that at all. But have you ever had just this discontentment inside of you? Like things are actually good on paper. We lived in a great house. We just bought a house that was built for us in a great neighborhood in the top school district in the state. We had great income, great friends. Everything on paper was like you want it. But there was something on the inside of us that was just discontent, holy discontentment. And so I I just begin to sense in that moment, maybe, maybe things are changing. Maybe God's calling us to a new season. And can I just tell you that sometimes God will let you go through some seasons like that to get you uncomfortable so that you'll be ready to step into a different season. He wants to get you uncomfortable, so you'll, be just, you'll just be ready to step into a new season. So fast forward to 2017, and we're, we're, uh, we had just finished up 21 days of prayer in, in, in August. Well, a couple months later in October, we just begin to sense in our, in our spirit, in our hearts, I think things are changing. I think now is the time to, to start preparing to launch this church. Well, I went back to our senior pastor. And I talked with him. I said, hey, I just feel like now's the time. And, and he said, I said, I just, I'm just asking you for permission. Can I begin just feeling this thing out and talking with church planters and things like, can, can I just begin doing that? He said, absolutely, let's do this. We want to send you. We want to bless you. And so we began to do that. And, and in the fall of 2017, I made another journal entry. This one, a little bit more prophetic. I'm, I don't consider myself a prophet by any means, <laughs> but as I wrote, as I reread this today, you're going to see that everything I read about came true. 
Man, I'm telling you, it just pumps me up. It fires me up. So on, on October the 9th, 2017, I wrote these words that for years I've, been, I've had a dream to plant a life-giving church in Wichita Falls. This dream goes all the way back to our Dodge City days. Remember when I told you we were standing in the parking lot? That was in Dodge City. We always said we got to get the heck out of Dodge because it was, it was a little, I don't know how else to say it. It was just, uh, just a blip on the radar and, uh, on the map. And, and I said, um, I believe now may be the season to do it. I can't stop thinking about it. On July 17, 2012, I wrote about the dream to plant, but I didn't know where. I was as scared then as I am now. And I know that I have nothing to fear and that God will provide. So from now on, I'm not going to focus on fear or failure. We are victorious. I kept going. I said, I dream of, a, of starting a church in Wichita Falls, Texas. This church will be a place of, of hope for the city. It will show people a new or better way to know God. We'll, we'll reach new folks and we'll reach out to the city and show the love of Christ. But it'll also be a place for the over church. That just means people who go to church, but they don't really have a relationship with Jesus. They know the church, but they don't know Jesus. And it's going to be a place for the de-churched, for people who were hurt by church. And I know I've met many of you who you hadn't been to church in 10 years until City Hope Church came around. And, and God has started something new in your life. I wrote, I see revival for that city. I see a place that makes a difference in every generation. I see young and old together. I see people encouraged and living free. I see small groups being a vital part of their lives. I see a culture of hope, life, expectancy, encouragement, and transformation. I see a church that makes a difference outside of the four walls. Come on, somebody. I see a city's church. I see favor on the church and its people. I see a leadership team that rises to the occasion. I see a people passionate to win their friends to Christ. I see a city covered in prayer, surrounded by hope, loved by God. I see a, the hand of God on this place, this city, and this church. Come on, somebody. Let's give praise to God for that. It just pumps me up every time I reread that, what God has done. And needless to say, we were just convinced that, that this was from God. He was leading us to plant this church. And we, we, we began church plant training in 2017 and 18. We started fundraising, and we, we were making trips to Wichita Falls every time we could. And, and it just, just to get to see this place, and, and what happened was God gave us a supernatural love for this place. While, while there's a lot of people who are trying to get the heck out of Wichita Falls, the Murrays were over here rolling up wanting to come into Wichita Falls. People, people said, you mean you want to move here? Yes. We're trying to move here. We want to be here. And we moved here in June of 2018. And I want to take a moment to honor a couple people. What, what I can't include in the story today for time's purposes, there's two couples up here on the front row who moved from Alabama to Wichita Falls to help us start this church. Come on, let's love on them. I love you.
we just moved here in 2018, we began to build teams. We just started reaching out to everybody. I joined the Chamber of Commerce, and I thought, I'm going to every leads group. I'm going to everything they have. I'm going I'm to I'm be at everything, which is not my personality. I'm just going to be at everything they got so I can know people and get to know people. And God, God just gave us favor in that way. But uh, honestly, I always had a big vision for this church, but I, I never expected that it would start like it did. I mean, I guess in my wildest imaginations, yeah, but I never expected we'd have the launch day like we had. Um, when we started our church in Alabama, 342 people showed up on the first day. That's incredible. And about six weeks later, 150 of them stayed, and we pastored those people until we left. I kind of thought this was going to be like that. I thought, man, we'll have about 300 show up. You know, maybe, maybe we'll just... Uh, Maybe we'll, you know, grow down to 150. I'll run about half of them off, and then we'll just uh, <laughs> take it from there, you know. I honestly thought that's the way it's going to be. But, but God, come on, y'all. But God had a different thing in mind. Some of our team members thought I was crazy. I'm not kidding you. They thought, I don't know if we can get 300 people here, Pastor. I just don't know if we can do that. And so... Uh, it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. It was so far beyond that. And a year ago, 639 people showed up on the first Sunday. 639. But more important than that, 65 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ on the very first Sunday a year ago. Come on, let's give God thanks for 65 people on the first day. So I just... I just want to make sure we do what Psalm 115 says. Not to us, O Lord. Not to us, but to your name goes all the glory. Now, I didn't do this, and you didn't do this, and, and we didn't do this. God did this. All the honor and all the glory goes to him. And so what I want to do today is just, I want to give you three things we should never forget. Three things I don't ever want us to forget. And, and I'm going to have to talk fast, y'all, so y'all just go with me, all right? Three things I don't ever want us to forget. The first one is this, that we're not a great church. We just serve a great God. We serve a mighty God. And I want to give honor where honor is due because the Bible says that many people plant, some people water, and then other people bring in the harvest. And I feel, here's what I feel like, is that there's a, a group, there's churches in this city, wonderful churches, pastors, who for years have been planting, and they've been watering, and they've been cultivating, and we came in here with a combine and just reaped a big harvest from their work and their efforts and their prayer, and I want us to honor all of those churches right now for all the work and all the service and all the prayer that they've done. I know that. I, I know that there's mighty men and women of God who stood for, for things like this. They, they wanted to see it in their lifetime, and many of them have gone on to be with the Lord now. But we, we're part of the capital C church, the big C church. It's not City Hope and then all the other churches. We're part of one big church together. Amen? And so I, I love this, this passage in Deuteronomy. just kind of reminds me, kind of illustrates how I feel that God says, when, when your God ushers you into the Wichita Falls, the land that he promised you through your ancestors, you're going to walk into large, bustling cities that you didn't build, well-furnished houses that you didn't buy. What about this house that he's provided for us? 
You're, you're going to come up on wells that you didn't dig, vineyards and olive orchards that you didn't plant. And when you take it all in, and when you settle down and you're pleased and content, what's the next phrase? Make sure you don't forget. Make sure you don't forget it wasn't us, it was God. God did this. He brought the increase. He's the one who brought us out of slavery. <laughs> He's the one who brought the Egypt, Egyptians and uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. And, and so we just don't forget that, that we don't, we're not a great church. We serve a great God. The second thing I don't ever want us to forget is that we, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for others. We exist for people who have not walked through these doors yet. We exist for them. And I'm not just saying this about our church. It's true about the capital C church that we can't forget what God doesn't forget about. I want to be careful how I say that. I want you to understand that. We cannot forget what God doesn't forget about. What does he not forget about? It's found in Psalms. Psalm chapter 9 says it this way, God never forgets the needy. We can't forget the ones that God doesn't forget about. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. And so we can't forget the people that God is thinking about right now. Can I tell you, he loves it when we get together like this. He likes it. You know, but it's not his favorite. It's not his favorite because the Bible says he's leaving the 99. No, he... He's, he's making a pit stop over here on Sundays, and he's like, hey, I, I see y'all, but I got, I got some friends that I need to get here. I got some people who aren't in the doors yet, and he's, he, I, I love that you're here, but I'm going to go out, and I'm going I'm to see if I can, I can win somebody else. He's going after the, the loss. He's going after the one. The one matters to him. And so we, we can't think that this is about us. Church is not for us. We are the church, and we exist for those who are not here yet. We are the church. And so we're just going to do whatever we can to win people to Jesus. Like, like, he's got one eye on you, and he's got another eye on the girl who's in human trafficking being used up 30 times a day. He's got one eye on us today, but he's got another eye on the homeless guy wandering the streets of Wichita Falls. He's got one eye on us, but he's got another eye on, on the addict and on the people who are, who are just far from God and the lost and the abused and, and everybody. He, he's got one eye on us and one eye on them. And he says, I, I, I love what you're doing here today, but we got, we, got a, we, got, we got more. There's more people who need what you have. And so that's, that's why we're going to do everything we can to just make a difference and reach people that God does not forget about. We're going to reach them. And so when we say serve, man, go all in, serve, serve God. When we say give, give, because here's what your giving is doing today. Today, today, your giving is helping plant 15 churches all across America. They're having their very first service today. Yeah. And they got butterflies all up in their stomach. They're like, oh, I, don't, I hope it goes well. I hope things go right. They're, they're where we were a year ago. And, and, and you're helping do that. Today, because of your giving and your generosity, 212 people got free breakfast from Mickey D's on Monday. Come on. That was because of your giving. Because of your generosity, 
get this, 142 Pakistanis came to know Jesus Christ. A couple weeks ago, I did a, I, I did a Skype message to a village in the remote part of Pakistan where 97% are Muslims. 142 of them gave their lives to Christ. You gave them a Bible. That's your giving that makes that happen. And so we can never think that this is all about us. It's never been about us, and it ain't going to be about us. It's not, pardon my grammar, it, it, it ain't figging to be about us. It's not about us. We're a church on mission, and we're not the only church. I want you to hear me. There are great churches here in Wichita Falls, but we're going to do our part. We're going to do our part. So we got to get comfortable when we, add th- when we go to three services. we got to get comfortable giving up our seat for somebody who's not here yet. We got to get comfortable with traffic jams when you leave the parking lot. Uh, when you're coming into 21 days of prayer, they said there was people just the line to get into 21 days of prayer was out on camp. We just got to get comfortable with that because we're reaching people. We got to get comfortable with, with serving the least of these, making room for people. And I love this next one is, is, is this, that number three, I don't ever want us to forget that we take next steps, that every one of us have a next step. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you've got a next step. There's something for you to do. And if you don't get anything else out of today, I want you to leave here knowing there is a purpose for your life. God has a journey for you, and he wants to do a good work in your life. I love what Peter said in 1 Peter. He said it this way, that you call out to God. You're calling out to him for help, and he helps. Praise God for that. That's awesome. He's a good father like that. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father. And he won't let you get away with sloppy living. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, he's a responsible father. He, he doesn't want to let you get by with sloppy living. Your life is a journey that you've got to travel with a deep consciousness of God. What is the journey? What's the journey of this life? Well, I want to give you four parts of our vision to just remind you what that journey is. And as long as you call City Hope home, I'm going to talk about these till the day we, 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 Jesus comes back, right? Because it's just who we are. So it's found, our vision is found in Ephesians chapter, chapter 1. And this is what we've been talking about for 365 days, that Paul, it's Paul's prayer. He says, I keep praying. I'm asking God, the Lord of our Jesus Christ, the, the, the God of our Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Why do I need that? So that you can know him better. That's the first part of our vision is that you would know God. Like, like that you would come into a life-giving relationship. I'm not talking about a list of rules or a list of duties or a list of things that you've got to do to make everybody happy or to make God's uh, uh, shine down on you. I'm talking about a relationship with him, to know him better. So how do I do that? How do I know, how do I take a next step to know God better? Well, you don't have to join this church. You just got to join God you got to get in relationship with him. You've, you've got to have a friendship with him. Get close to him. Yeah, you've got to repent. You've got to turn from some lifestyles that maybe don't line up with him. But listen, just get close to him. Next week, be water baptized. So, some of you, you've been waiting on it, and I'm here to tell you now's your time. Next Sunday, be water baptized. And if you'll let me, 
I'd love to pastor you through that journey. I'd love to take you through that journey if you'll let me, if you'll let us just be a part of that. So we want, it, we want you to know God. But more than us wanting you to know God, God wants you to know him. God wants to know you. He wants relationship with you. He wants, he wants you as much as you need him. Does that make sense? He wants you as much as you need him. And so the second part of our, our vision comes from Ephesians, the same passage, and, and it says, I'm, Paul is saying, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you would begin to see some things about your life, that may, some areas that you need freedom, some areas where you're battling, some areas where you're struggling. I want you to get freedom from those things. And that's, what we, that's the part of our vision we call find freedom. Like God doesn't want you to keep living the, the same old struggles, the same old sins, the same old things that you've been dealing with, he wants you to get free from that. And he has a process to make that happen. You've, you've got to come to know him pers personally, first of all. But then after that, you've you got to find freedom. You, you, how do I do that, Ben? How do I find freedom? Well, you, the best way to do it is relationally. I, I hate to tell you this, but coming to church won't change your life. My messages won't change your life. <laughs> there is something that will change your life, though. It's when, it's when you, you sell out to Jesus, but then you get around some people who, who when, when you get in a small group, you can take off the mask, and you can just say, hey, let me tell you what I'm struggling with. Let me tell you about some areas that I need prayer in my life. This thing's been going on far too long, and I, I really want to see victory in my life. That's when the real freedom begins to take root. Come on, somebody. That's when it happens in us. Life change doesn't happen in, in lines. It happens in circles. It happens in small groups. And I'm no different than any of you. I don't ever want you to, I, I know that we can put pastors on pedestals. But hey, I'm, I'm no different. I got issues. I got stuff. And, and, and you do too. In fact, we all have issues. One of my favorite sayings is that if you say you don't have issues, that's your issue, right? Because we all got them. It's okay, it's okay to have them, but it's not okay to stay there, right? It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's not okay to stay that way. What's my next step? Well, next Sunday is getting in a small group. I'm telling you, I love to hear the stories of life change through small groups. We're launching those groups, and you can, you can begin to search the app or, or go online and search the website for those small groups, but get around some people who will encourage you. Get around some people who will lift you up because that's where the life change happens. Amen? So then Paul keeps going. He says, hey, you got to know him better. I'm praying that you would know him better. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You can see some things that need to change in your life, and you can find freedom. And then he says, so that you can know the hope to which he's called you. And that's the way we say that is to just discover purpose, to discover the hope and the calling that God has for your life. And uh, let me just tell you, you can't, you can't find your purpose if you don't know God and you hadn't found freedom. It starts there. It starts by knowing God and finding freedom. Why do I need to get free? Why do, why do I need this in my life? Why do I need to settle my yesterdays? Because you can't, you can't see your future if your vision is blurred by the past. You can't see your future if you're constantly looking in the rear view. 
You can't see your future if you're always checking your blind spots and, and covering things up. Come on, somebody. You can't, you can't see your future that way. And I want you to notice that your hope and your calling are together. When you discover your purpose, you're going to have hope for your life. Man, that's when hope shows up. You, if you need hope today, discover your purpose. And if you'd let me, I'd love to lead you in that. I'd love to help you discover that. Because here's the deal. The two greatest days of your life were the day that you were born and then the day you found out why you were born. See, somebody here today, you're thinking, I don't, I don't even know why I'm on this earth. I don't even know why I'm here. I don't, even, I don't have a purpose. It's because you haven't discovered it. God has a purpose for your life today, and that'll be the second greatest day of your life when you discover that. So what's my, what's my next step to, to my calling? And it really comes down to, to growth track. Some of you here today, man, I'm telling you, like, you're just on the brink. You've been kicking the tires for a little bit. You're like, man, I, this is a pretty cool church. Love the worship. Pastor Ben's message is okay sometimes, and, you know, they take care of the kids. And, you know, we, we, we got, this, this is nice. But I'm telling you, you just, your next step is finding your purpose, discovering what God has for you. And if you'll give us four Sundays, we do the growth track every single month. We, we talk about it every month, and I'm surprised how people who've been coming for months, they go, what's this growth track you talk about? So let me tell you what it is. It, we, we, we simplify it so much that the first step of the growth track always happens on the first Sunday of every month. And then the second Sunday of the growth track always happens on the second Sunday of every month. Step three always happens on the third Sunday of every month. And step four is on the fourth Sunday of every month. And what, what, what is that? Step one is all about church membership. People ask me, how do I become a member here? Growth track, step one. You, you learn about who we are. We tell you the, a little bit about our vision and, and all of those things. And you can join the church there. You, you, step two is all about discovering your purpose and finding God's plan for your life. Step three is about leadership, that God's put a leader in every one of you. No, Pastor Ben, I'm not a leader. Yeah, you're a leader. Because leaders influence. That's what leadership is, is influence. And, and step four is all about taking what you've learned and those gifts and that purpose and then going to do what number four is, to go make a difference. That's what we're trying to do in this world, trying to do in our city is make a difference. So let me, let me reread Ephesians chapter one. And let me say it, let me reread the, the whole part there, 17 and 18, and kind of recap for you. He's, Paul says, I keep asking, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of, of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better, know God. And I'm praying that the eyes of your heart be enlightened to some things that need to change about you, that you can find freedom. That, that, and I'm praying that they're enlightened so that you can know your purpose, you can find hope and, and know what he's called you to do, which, by the way, next Sunday is step one of the growth track. And if, if you want that, come to it. And I know what you're thinking. It's the Super Bowl, Pastor. No, 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 no. This is the Super Bowl, and you can D DVR that, right? Plus, the Super Bowl starts, like, late at night. You can, you can D DVR everything else, but discover the Super Bowl for your own life, discovering your purpose. That's the Super Bowl for you. That's the jackpot for you is when you discover that. So... But why do I need to do all of that? Because when you, when you discover the hope and the calling, 
Then you have these this riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Like, like then it's, it starts, like, you begin to realize everything that you were created for was not for you, but for his people, for, for, the, for the church, for making a difference in the city. And you can do those first three steps by yourself, but you can't make a difference alone. You got to team up with some people. You got to team up with some people. And this is what your life is really all about. When you lock arms with the body of Christ to say, I want to make a difference. I want to see lives changed. I want to help somebody. It's why one out of every three people here at City Hope serve on the dream team. And they're using their gifts to run lyrics in the back or sound or, or they showed up this morning at, at 545 to unload the trailer or they set up all of these awesome balloon arches that you see today or they got here and they set up every, they're the ones that are waving you in that are dressed in Mickey and Goofy. Come on, somebody. They're, they're the ones that are just using their gifts and talents and their passions to make a difference. So what's my next step? It really boils down to this. Your, your next step is to, to do those four steps, to just know him, to find freedom for your life. Get in a group. Like, discover why you are here. Know that. And then to go out and make a difference. But you got you to give it a year. You can't leave here today and say, Pastor, I tried what you said this week, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work. You got to give him a year. And we've been saying this for the last several weeks, that if you'll give God a year, there's no telling what he'll do in your life. Just give him a year to see, what the, see the difference. See what God can do in your life. Give us a year and come to church every time the doors are open. Give us a year and, and get in a small group. Give us a year and discover your purpose. Give us a year and do what we do. Give us a year and serve how we serve. Give us a year and, and just go all in. And you'll be back here next year saying, it wasn't perfect, but it was a whole lot better. You'll be back here next year saying the same thing as Vanessa. Check this out. Life was like before City Hope, depressed. I was severely depressed. I had anxiety. I had no purpose. I felt lifeless. I heard about City Hope, um, Ben and Annalise released a um, letter um, about giving to City Hope and they were coming to move here to Wichita Falls and they were starting up launch parties. And I went to one launch party and I liked it, I enjoyed it, but something still inside of me didn't want to be part of it yet because I was part of another church. Then I came day one, launch day, January 27, 2019, and I knew right then and there that was the church for me. The sermon, the music, the people, I felt at home and I was excited to be part of that church. And I found Meredith and I talked to her right away and I said, how can I get plugged in? How do I become a member? I wanted to be a member right then and there. I wanted to be on the dream team. I wanted to help out. And I went through growth track, took all four steps. Um, step number two, it talked about gifts. And I found out what my gifts were and I started using that. And since then I plugged in 
I went on the greeter team, I'm on the usher team, and I'm on the production team. What has happened the last year being at City Hope, I plugged in, went to freedom, loved freedom, found freedom, got baptized. I, part of the outreach program, which I absolutely love. I love serving. I found purpose. I found how I can use my gifts. My life now, I would say I'm joyful. I'm excited. I, I'm here to help people. I use my gifts going on the serve team outreach. I find myself laughing and happy that I have community around me who are lifting me up on my daily walk. I am so grateful and thankful that I found God and that I have God in my life. And if you were where I was a year ago, just give God a year and see what He can do in your life. Go through freedom, go through small groups, take the next four steps, find your community, find your people who can lift you up. And just give them a year and you will never know how much you would change. I am Vanessa Parrish, and this is my story. Hey, come on. Come on. Let's give it up for Jesus today. <laughs> hey, will you bow your heads with me? And let, me let me just close out with what I love to ask you every, every week, and that is what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he saying to you? Lord, I'm praying that today that you would give every person here courage and the ability to take the next step they need to take. That wherever they are on this journey in life today, Lord, you would give them the ability to take the next step. Do what they're calling, what you're, you're calling them to do, Lord. I'm praying for those who have hurts. They, they have habits. They have hang-ups that have caused them to hide from you. They've, they've ran from you. They've thought in their own mind, God can't use somebody like me. God doesn't love somebody like me. I've got issues. God doesn't want me. I'm dirty. I'm unclean. And I'm praying that today you would draw them into you, Lord. Draw them in to know you in a powerful way. That we would, every one of us would take our next steps, Lord. So if you're here today with every head bowed, if you're here and you say, Ben, my first step is to know God. I've got to know God. I'm far from Him, and I don't know. I don't know what else I got to do. But I want what Vanessa's talking about. I want to. I want to find freedom. I, I want. I want to know God. I want to be free. I want to experience this purpose that you're talking about today. If that's you, you've got. You've got to take a step, and that step is to to give your life to Christ, to surrender your life to Christ, that you can be absolutely different changed this time next year but it has to start with God first and if you're here and you say Ben that's me I need Jesus today I want to start a life-giving relationship I want to know him I'm far from him I'm living my own way but I want to know him if that's you on the count of three slip up your hand right where you are one two three just slip up your hand all over this place God bless you God bless you who else is here today to say that's me thank you thank you for your boldness thank you for your courage thank you for being honest thank you for saying I need this I gotta have it in my life who else would you say that's me Ben amen thank you thank you come on let's say this prayer together just repeat it after me say Jesus I give you my life. I want to know you. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? 
give me a fresh start. From this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. I am yours and you are mine. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen.